polyamory, <laughs> if practiced correctly, is the commitment Olympics. Like you better be <laughs> Olympic style tr level trained at commitment to be able to practice non-monogamy ethically. edition of the poly podcast yeah it's a long one today it's really exciting yeah and it's a it's a goodie a longy and a, a goodie and a goodie that's the midlands in you coming out when you say the g's like that longy longy yeah how would you say it longy longy it's a longy and a goodie a longy and a goodie Not a longy. So i think of me doing like the e's when at the end of words where it's like you know, like longy and goodie i think it's the australian influence from you yeah, but we don't say like we wouldn't say long e. We don't have that hard g. Yeah, the hard g. We just say like a zh, like long long g. Yeah, g. So that's a Midlands thing I notice with you sometimes. <laughs> the poly, this, this has become the polysyllables podcast. <laughs> it's a words <laughs> podcast rather than a. Yeah. Anyway, um, that is an interesting thing, though, relationship related. Just to to tie it to relationships, yeah. like the things that Loop rub back. off on you, and Defo, of course, yeah. when you have more than one partner, you you have. More than mm -hmm. one person rubbing off on you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> More than one way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's interesting because a lot of people say to me when I go home to Australia, they say, you sound English. <gasps> what has happened to yeah. your voice? You're so British, which is hysterical to everybody that I know here because they're so all like, like you're, you're so Australian. You're so bogan. <laughs> well done for using that word in context Yes I mean you're not bogan at all but, No I'm, yeah. I'm not Like in the scheme of things However I have started to I do I say to all of my British friends and colleagues When I'm here That I do slow down my speech I do speak more clearly There's mm. some words I've had to adjust And different Obviously when you move to a different country There are different words that you use to get your meaning across But I do I think for me I speak really clearly all the time Yeah but when I go home and I'm around my family and my Australian world, I can really relax. I can speak normally. Yeah. So it's so funny. I suppose when I first come off the plane, my mum's always like, oh my goodness, you sound so British. <laughs> and I think for you. Well, I've started softening my T's. Yeah, you have. So I'll say later rather Love than it. later. It's a, I know it was a real turning point for us when you said, would you like some pasta rather than pasta? Yes. And also I switched from saying, how are you doing to how are you going? Oh, yeah. This is very Australian. That is true. Like, when you first said that, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, how are you going? Of course, now I think it does make sense. <laughs> but but and also, it just rolls off. It just rolls off the tongue a bit easier. How are you going? Not how are you doing? The Australian vernacular is built entirely around how Laziness. easy it is to say things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, um, but it's funny because when we walk around your... People actually ask us, where are you from? Like the both yeah, of the you. Both plural you, yeah. yeah. From in Australia. And you do have quite an elastic accent. So, yeah. I mean, I grew up in Birmingham, but no one would tell. No. You know. And I think now people, you, you have picked up on some Australian things since like living with me and spending so yeah. much time with me. So, it's just assimilation, you know? It's, 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 I, I basically, I'm a, I'm a fraud. Uh, I just mirror whoever it is I'm with at the time. 
I don't have my own identity at all. Um, <laughs> I'm just a one big fake person, really. Just uh, you know what you'd be good on. <laughs> traders yes <laughs> we did we did joking joke about how they've got um they've got a uh spoiler alert if you haven't seen it but um a mother <laughs> and son on this mm, time mm, this season mm. and i was like what if they have a couple on but not just a couple polyamorous couple yeah that would that would make things spicy maybe i should pitch us to bbc yeah never know bbc <laughs> for you. if you're listening <laughs> Anyway, um, let's not uh, let's not drag it out. Drag it out too long because we've got lots to go through lots with our through. pal. But just briefly, we wanted to mention uh, last week's episode: hierarchy, good or bad. Uh, yes. We just wanted to say like a huge thank you to everybody who wrote in. We got a lot of messages, a lot of thoughts, a lot of feelings, and we'll delve into some of those maybe in a future intro and with a shorter episode. But you know, the whole purpose of doing this show, doing episodes like that, that can be controversial and that people have lots of feelings about is just to spark discussion. And we got people that agreed with us, people who didn't, people who added nuance to our Everyone was really nice, I must say. Like, no one was, you know... This is... The funny thing is, like, the polyamorous community, non-monogamous community is really tight-knit in general. Um, they tend to, you know, we all have things that we agree on more than that we disagree on. Mm-hmm. Hierarchy is one of those, is one of, is like the fulcrum of the polyamory community where like like everyone sits on one side of the fulcrum or maybe they're in, in the middle a little bit. Like we, I think we kind of are a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's the one sort of hot topic that, that sparks some, you know, quite emotional responses and that's totally you know that's really justified mm. um i think it is a it is a hot topic it is a juicy subject and i mean i mean i'm sure we could come with other examples of of topics that elicit emotional mm. responses but i was just even like we got some like support agreeing some not agreeing and every single response that we got i just i felt so well first of all like lucky that people are sharing their thoughts with us and coming to us but i also just felt like a really warm sense of community and that people are engaged and discussing it and we're creating and adding to the discourse and that's the whole point of our show is to create a show that people who are for non-monogamous people that we can engage in discourse and discussion Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and build that um sort of lexicon of knowledge for future people and generations just like the monogamy lexicon is so almost saturated with information so it's it's just it was just a nice feeling yeah. i felt yeah yeah totally. we felt i can say for both of us it's yeah it's just nice to facilitate a wider conversation on these things mm. you know yeah agreed with uh from from all the different corners mm-hmm. of, of the discussion yeah so yeah yeah thanks again to everyone again yeah and we're gonna, we've got a few people that we haven't responded to yet, so yeah, don't worry, we'll, we'll, we'll get, back. get back. We do our best to get back to everybody. So yeah, and we'll even share a little bit about, you know, we could probably do a whole episode on <laughs> on the responses. On the responses. Yeah, definitely. Uh, anyway, let's get straight in, shall we? No yep. news. Um, just no uh, news, no stories. No. Just we're just gonna get let's into it with Nicole, on. and yeah, it's a really great episode. It's a really great. She's episode. fantastic. We're so uh, lucky to have her on. Yeah, yeah, and there's. Just uh, we'll probably have already have warning in this episode, but just to reiterate that warning, uh, there are some heavy topics. Yeah, there's a lot of heavy matter. topics in this one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just listen. We'll put it all in the episode description as well. But just you know, keep those those things in mind. That yeah. there's lots of different heavy topics. But 
yeah, it's it's a really good lesson. So I'm excited to share it. Here we go. Okay, everyone. Today we have a very exciting guest. You might know this guest from um, seeing her in Westworld or Anyone But Me or Call Me Cat or Criminal Minds or... You might have heard her during her five years at the helm of the podcast coming out with Lauren and Nicole. But one thing is for certain, you'll definitely know all about her by the end of this episode. A very warm (laughs) welcome to the show, Nicole Payson. Hello. Hello. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We are thrilled that you are happy to talk to us today about all things Polly. Yeah. And all things... uh, Otherwise, yeah, just all the things, yeah. Who knows? Maybe we will end up talking about Jonathan Nolan. Okay, that's oh. random. <laughs> well, what? you wrote Westworld. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jonathan Nolan or Jonah, as he is known on the on the inside, which oh, I did not I know see. about until I was on all set, right. and I was like, "Who are we talking about?" And that, I was like, "Oh, okay." Good. <laughs> that's a flex. That's a flex. Yeah, that is a flex. <laughs> Anyway, we're actually here to talk about Polly stuff, so let's 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 stick with that. Yes, yes. Let's let's dive in. Let's dive in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you came out to your now husband as Polly in a in, well in a way that I really relate to. Um, mm. Could you tell us about that conversation a little bit more? Um, how it felt? Uh, yeah. Did you feel like a little bit like me, like you were the only one, or? Yeah. I mean, I knew in a way that I wasn't the only one only because I had been to that point, I I had been introduced to the idea of Polly via um, two people in the theater company that I'd been working with. So this was when I was in my late twenties. I was working with a a theater company and, you know, all (laughs) theater, theater people, part of what I'm so grateful for, for being like, uh, raised within the theater kind of uh, is that actors are incredibly curious about the human experience and like everything that falls under the umbrella of the human experience. And as a result, they tend to be on the whole, more open-minded, more exploratory about the human experience. And so, um, so yeah, so I was introduced to the idea of polyamory via people in my, in my theater company. I can't remember how the conversation came up, but it was like, they were like, you should read the book Ethical Slut. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Uh, and then I was like, that's an amazing title for a book. <laughs> it killed me in immediately just from the title. Um, <laughs> but like it it really, uh, and the more I found out about it, the more I was like, oh my God, I, I call it my second coming out because it really was that light bulb moment for me. You know, I came out as bisexual when I was 15 and it, like finding that label was the aha moment of like, oh, oh, that explains <laughs> all of this, you know? Right. Um, very much polyamory was the same kind of thing, except for my relationship orientation. And all of a sudden it was like, I looked back at, at the way in which I had made connections with people, the the issues that I'd had in relationships, the, all of that. And I was like, Oh, this, this is, this is me. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so this was about, um, this was like a year before I got 
together with my now husband. Um, he and I were friends growing up, uh, but we did not know each other that well. And then I moved in as his roommate. Um, <laughs> a year later, we started dating rather quickly. <laughs> <into> <laughs> ah! So like he swears that I had said to him in the course of our being friends in the few weeks of our being roommates before we started dating, <laughs> he swears that like in one of our very lengthy conversations about life and love and all those things that I had said, you know, I know I'm polyamorous. And I, and I, I vaguely remember this now too. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I had stated that because I'd really been for the year prior in exploring, investigating and going, okay, next time I am in a, next time I find a, a, a partner who I really want to invest in, who I want to be committed to, because to that point I was like, I was in between relationships. I was dating around it and that was great for me. But I was like, next time I do, I'm going to have to tell them this about me. And and I made a deal with myself that I was also going to have to agree that if I was asking somebody for this freedom, that I was willing to give them that freedom as well. And, you know, that that was the big thing. And I felt by the time that Gustav and I started dating, I felt like I could do that. And so... When we first got together, it was like, oh, love it, love it, love it, love it. You know, like I wasn't, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, otherwise known as NRE, right? New relationship energy, where yeah. um, in early terms, where like it's all just it's the honeymoon period. Your your hearts in the eyes. You basically have eyes for nobody else anyway. You're just really, really focused on that person. <laughs> and then, um, and then several months down the line, it it became obvious that I was like, okay actually we need to have a sit down conversation about this right. like not as friends not in a hypothetical theoretical this is who I am but like this is who I am are you now that we're together actually okay with this and how is our life gonna look you mm -hmm. know and so we were at a club in Miami <laughs> uh, I remember I close to New Year's and I think I made a comment about how the, the female bartender was hot and the and Gustav agreed and then it's it sort of I saw it as like the open door of like you know I I I, I basically I, I was kind of holding my breath because I knew that I had to approach this and go okay well I'm hoping and praying that he's going to be okay with this that he's going to want this kind of life as well and but if he doesn't, I know that I'm going to have to say goodbye. Mm. And that was so hard because mm. I was so in love with him and we're so good together. But I had already come to this place of like, I'm not willing to try to bend myself into a shape that I don't naturally fit in, that I've that has been tried and tested over and over and over again. And I know that eventually I, I, monogamy is just never going to work for me. And so it was this like the kind thing to do for both of us if he wasn't into it was to part ways at that point. Yeah. And so I was really nervous <laughs> that, that that was what was going to happen. And, you know, it yeah. is, he came from a very, very monogamous set of circumstances. He'd never been in a poly relationship before. His parents are still together and very happy. It was like, you know, it's all of that. And so I'm like, oh God, how's this going to go? And I think I said something along the lines of, you know, I don't, 
I don't think it's really natural, at least for me, to just be with one person for the rest of my life. And he's like, yeah, I don't really think that's natural either. It's like, I, you know, to, and that was sort of opened up the conversation. And it was this like, <laughs> I was so relieved. And, and then the two of us read the ethical slut in tandem mm -hmm. over the next few months and came up with our, our own agreements and what worked for us, what didn't and all that based on that. And then started the exploration. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that was how it went. Yeah. So that was a very long winded way of saying, yes, like he kind of knew, but it's one thing to know it as a friend. It's another thing to go, okay, now I have to be a partner in this. How do yeah. I feel like that? You know? Yeah. Absolutely. It's yeah. so weird, like, just how similar that story is to ours. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I, I would, I think it's probably not a huge stretch to say that it's so similar to many of our listeners as well, yeah. their experiences. Um, yeah. even down to the reading a book together in tandem yeah. we literally we did that, did that. <laughs> for us it was Pollywise, and we already had jessica fern on the show a few weeks ago and that was amazing just yeah. to have this you know writer on the show that had basically kind of has helped facilitate our oh. exploration you know and i'm sure you probably feel right, the yeah. same yeah about the ethical slot Yes. I mean, and like, and we also read more than two as well, which I really uh, dig. And I, I, what I feel is that wh whatever book it is, and there are, thank God, like more and more poly books coming out and there are uh, poly books for, you know, all, that also speak to different communities within the poly community. If you want to get more specific and tailor to your specific relationship or your identifiers, whether they be, you know, race or gender or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but like whatever book or books it is, I, I just so advocate doing that in tandem with a partner if you're opening up the relationship because it gives you the same vocabulary. You know, yeah. like these are, there are, there's, and I, 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 yes, I mean jargon, but I also <laughs> just mean like words for things that we, concepts that we've never even been allowed to explore or try to understand we've never been taught this stuff so how are you supposed to communicate no i i i, I love you uh, and, and i and i but like i'm not i and just because i'm i'm excited about this new person doesn't mean i don't love you and then uh, uh you know like there there's so many different things mm. um i think about like uh, compersion is like a big one right like that yeah. like I want to get to a place where I'm happy for you. I'm not there yet. And whatever, like that word is compersion. So how do we then like move toward that together? I just think like, and the, even the idea of agreements versus rules, that's also, right. uh, those were also poly concepts that I think are so important to be on the same page about, you know, we're not creating a system of rules where like, Oh God, like if something, if someone, messes up their 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 they're breaking the law and all is lost it's like mm -hmm. these things are you know obviously to an extent of course yeah but like they are agreements and we circle back to see that if we still agree to these things or has our relationship and our dynamic evolved in a way where we need to tailor these again you know things like mm -hmm. that i just think i just think having a the same set of vocabulary is crucial mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we like didn't like. Rich was like, "I'm Polly." I'm like, "Okay," and then we were like, "So now what? What do you want to yeah. do?" Rich is like, "I don't know." 
Like, I'm not, <laughs> I don't know how to... And, like, you had a feeling about what you wanted and I... But you couldn't yeah. tell me and I, think- I couldn't ask the questions. Like, we were both just like, okay, now what? <laughs> <laughs> now what? Yeah. Right? You're like, I can approximate it, but, like, I haven't been given language for this. Yeah. I, I... At all. Like, I... This is... It's all so new. How do you, like... How do you... First of all, not only how do you learn a whole new set of emotional vocabulary and ways of being, how do you also unlearn the one way <laughs> yeah, that yeah, you were exactly. taught, which yeah. is like a whole other part of this too, yeah. right? And like we are only, we only, you don't know what you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like 100%. So, yeah, yeah. Well, we've talked about on the show before just how, empowering vocabulary can be mm-hmm. it's a, oh like God, words yes. are amazing man like words are just are just noises that we make with our mouth but <laughs> but like we apply meaning to those noises and uh-huh. then we, it, yeah. you get that warm fuzzy feeling inside whenever you identify uh. with this uh, like new word it's like oh yes. so amazing um, i actually have a question sort of for both of you as like poly-oriented people all right then okay and unlearning so i'm glad you brought that up shall Nicole, i go actually. shall i go there and and sit on on, yeah, on go her through camera the computer and, and talk to the yeah. <laughs> um, That'll work. Um, um, about unlearning, and you, you mentioned, Nicole, uh, the original anecdote um, that you started uh, with about how you said, I need this thing for myself, but I also had agreed that I would al- allow, I would also offer my partners the same thing. And mm. I feel like there's a lot of this uh, misconception that, poly people who are oriented that way or this way are like oh well yeah cool I'm totally like I don't care about if my partner goes and sleeps or dates someone else because like I'm poly so it's cool but actually <laughs> like just because it's an orientation you still have to unlearn some of those things like was that oh God, yeah. a journey for both of you did you have you experienced that yeah yeah I think oh my God. maybe yeah, Nicole, go had it. Sure. <laughs> Nicole seemed to have it look, look on your face you see it looks like you had it worse this is the look of someone who is still actively unlearning this right, like yeah. this is and and I and part of that is because I in in the particular situations and 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 specifically the my like big poly relationship over the past five years this is a situation that I have not been faced with to the extent that my partners have and so they even though they would they are I would not say are poly oriented they are much more uh, open poly what is that I, you know, um it, it, not well one of my friends calls it ambi fidelitas but there's like it's oh, like yeah. ambi oh, yeah. something like ambi else ambi amorous i think is ambi amorous the there it is ambi amorous yeah, yeah 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 i would say they're they're ambi amorous right yeah. like they, yeah, they yeah. but they would be perfectly happy being monogamous um and you know should we not be together at some point i could see them both being in monogamous relationships right, right. um whereas me that's never going to happen so um i i I'm trying to think. So they are much further along, though they don't identify as poly oriented. They are actually much further along in that journey of unlearning when it comes to jealousy and possession and sharing and all of these things than and compersion than I am. Right? Mm. Like this, I have not had to 
who experienced that to the and been like you know had my feet to the fire the way that they have the past several years mm. um and we could get into more of that later when we talk about the status the current status of the relationship and all that but like it is it is such a fallacy to think that like i hear people be like oh i i, I couldn't be i could never do that i'm too jealous i have problems with that statement for multiple reasons um but <laughs> <laughs> for multiple reasons but <laughs> The, the for the first one I would say is that I'm like that's not a pre not being jealous is not only not a prerequisite to being poly that that's that's a that's such a myth it's such a myth that yeah. poly people aren't jealous or don't experience jealousy to the same mm. extent I mm-hmm. mean we all have relationships to to jealousy that we need often to work on or work through there are very few people that I've met who are genuinely at peace with their jealousy, right? Yeah. Like, and it is, it it it's it's really hard. I mean, think about how much <sighs> jealousy. I think is a natural feeling, but it is also a feeling that is so socially acceptable. Mm. And not only that, is rewarded in a lot of ways. I mean, you think about in our media. Mm-hmm. in our, like songs in right at, right like all of these things we are it, the idea of getting jealous somehow is equated to i'm i love you that much that i'm this jealous i'm so mm-hmm. possessive i don't want you to be with anybody else because i love you and it's you're like whoa that feels like that's not what love is actually that <laughs> that feels like a yeah. you yeah. issue yeah. you know like i ugh, um but but if because of that we really I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I also think that people talk about being jealous people as though they are born jealous. And you're like, no, that's a learned trait, dude. Yeah. It, that is a learned trait. Yeah. And I you, think, and yeah, you, you can choose to unlearn it. You just don't want to choose to unlearn it. That's I, what's going I on. I think Tardy. the way I would describe it is socially exacerbated. Mm. It's, yes. it's, nur- it's yes. nurtured by yes. um, like popular culture and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, mm-hmm. and 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 therefore becomes normalized, you know. Totally normalized. Yes. And, and and people just think that oh, it's totally normal to be this jealous when really it's not. It's it's unhealthy. And mm-hmm. um, as you say, there's there's a, there's a certain point where it goes from being a natural reaction to something, a natural which yeah. is fine, to being like, okay, well now now you've just been taught that you you should be jealous, so mm-hmm. you're feeling it much stronger mm-hmm. than you should. Yeah. So yeah. Fair. And you're taught that if you are jealous, something is wrong in the relationship, mm-hmm. right? Like something is the other person is doing something wrong. Um, often that is what it what it comes down to. The other person is doing something wrong, or something's wrong in your relationship if you feel jealous. It's like this like bat signal for some people. And I'm like, guys, that like again, I go back to the first person that you should be checking in with about why you're jealous is you, <laughs> not not your partner and not what they're doing. The first thing you ask is, whoa, why? Like, like all you have to do, and I say this as, you know, a, a, chi- a person with a child, mm-hmm. as you, know, you two understand, right? Like I look at my two, almost three-year-old and the way in which little kids get jealous when someone takes their toy, 
right? Yeah. Or when, you know, you're giving attention to if, if there are siblings, one kid and not the other at the moment, you know, you watch that. So like we, jealousy on some level is natural. I'm not, I, I, you, you see it, but you also, as the parent, you know that you're like, oh, well, that's, that's irrational. <laughs> watching, watching them get upset about the toy that the other kid is playing with that they were just playing with. Yeah. You're like, no, 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 no. This is an opportunity to learn how to share. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when you're giving attention to one of your children and the other one gets jealous, it's an opportunity to say, I love you both equally. Just because I am with this, with just because this person is in need of my attention right now doesn't mean I love you any less and it's okay. And we, we absolutely as parents are like, well, yeah, of course, those are the lessons I'm teaching. And then we grow up and we're like, this person is mine. <laughs> you're like whoa guys like how do we how are we splitting our brains yeah. to that extent do you know what i mean yeah. like yeah. it's so ah, true though yes yes because like anyway. every other scenario that you like apply yeah. that mindset the jealousy yeah. mindset to friendships family members yes. like siblings and parenting yes. is honestly perfect for it mm. and yes. no one's like oh well you know you know, of oh, this person belongs to me or like, you know, whatever. There's there's none of that. But the minute that there's like romance or sex involved, it's like, well. And I just, I, it's it's wild that they're just like, we have now lived in this time that has become where this, this separation is a thing that is just so assumed and normalised to the point where totally. you don't even go, you don't even think about it until your partner comes to you and says, hey, babe, I'm Polly. And then I, you have to think about it. And mm -hmm. here we are, you know. it's. You also said something interesting a minute ago about how whenever you feel jealousy, the first person you should, should uh, look at is yourself, mm. which is absolutely true. But I also think that's true of like literally every reaction you ever have to something. Oh, my God. It should yes, always be... Why am, why am I feeling this way? That's the first thing you should ask. You, sh you yes. shouldn't just, you know, accept it as uh, the quote unquote natural response. Because if that were true, then we'd all react the same to everything. Which yes. Is, which we don't. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. I mean, and it's also like, that's, that's the, and that, right. That's like the whole issue with the internet, not to go on this tangent, but that's the whole issue <laughs> with like, you know, social media and stuff is you see something, you have a reaction and then you respond as though it is like your God given <laughs> right to, yeah. to, to yeah. feel that way instead of reflecting, you know, and yeah. going weird, why did I just get maybe whatever it is triggered by this? Perhaps what this person is saying, it, it might be egregious or it might not be, it might just have, it had reminded me of a thing that wounded me. And so instead of going and doing that internal work and checking in, I, it's like, no, I must like shut this down right away. Like, yeah, well, that's not actually solving anything. That's just kicking the can further down the road and waiting for you to be triggered by something else. But anyway. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I mean, just, this is kind of links quite like, you know, you're being quite introspective and thinking about emotions sort of, links to something that you're you're kind of currently navigating a situation that we'd love to talk mm. to you a little bit about um sure. you've recently uncoupled from a partner who knows your child your son um yeah. so would you be able to sort of just share with us a little bit of background on that uh, that situation and, and like and how yeah. you kind of are navigating that 
um, in, you know, because it's such a, it's something that we don't have a social script for. So that is kind of challenging as well as all the things that you're thinking and feeling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, and I will say, you know, this is actually the first time that I'm talking about this publicly. Oh. Um, yeah. And it, I mean, to the point, well, I'll, I'll get into this in a bit. But like, I, yeah, it is the first time I'm talking about it publicly, um, partly because, you know, it, <sighs> partly because when we uncoupled in April, uh, it was not the first time that we broke up. And so I think both of us, there was this like, how long this going to stick, you know? And like, mm. I think we both had a feeling like this was going to stick. This was, we both knew it was different, but I don't think that we felt the need to declare that publicly, you know? Yeah. Um, and certainly not if there was going to be some reconciliation down the road that then we had to walk back. Like that's all, you know, she and I are, um, I, I really hesitate to say in the public eye that makes us sound much more fancy than we are, but um, it's, it's really, it's really more that we, we met at an LGBTQ actors panel on an LGBTQ actors panel. It, and like our meet cute was essentially in front of like hundreds of people while we were panelists and then who then like followed our relationship. Right. Uh, you know, and so, and we both work in queer media um, in front of the camera. And so there are a number of people who fully attached to like us as a couple and, uh, and we've been very public and vocal. Um, and so it's, it's a tough position to be in because you go, well, this is my private life and my private pain. And I don't feel like I need to make a social media announcement about breaking up. Like, I don't think anybody should be forced to do that. Um, and also there is this added component of like, but there are people out there that we don't even know who are following our relationship. Right. And so that's a weird one. So there have been no posts. I did not, did not talk about it on my podcast before I wrapped in July as the co-host on that. Um, so I'm talking about it now because I do think it's like really, it's in process and it is really important for the reasons that you said, like there is no, there's, there's, there's no blueprint for this, for how to do this. Mm -hmm. um, and so so she and I uncoupled, we were together for four and a half years. Um, we uh, were in mostly uh, mostly of what is known as like a V structure um, uh, formulation in the relationship, meaning that um, she and my husband were uh, not romantic partners, but I was the only meeting point on in that. However, we call ourselves like a trinity because we're very familially connected. Like we are definitely a family. We refer to ourselves as a family, have for years now. They are very close. My husband and, and she are very close, Mandala. Um, and, uh, and Mandala has been, she not only knows my son, I mean, she is, we refer to her as a part-time co-parent. Um, and that is, that is what she is, you know, like we, I hung up our, we hung up our, 
our stockings the other day, like we we're decorating the tree. She was over and like, it's four stockings. It's the three of us. And then our son, you know, like it is the, we do holidays together. We still went on vacation to Sweden with, uh, to visit Gustav's family over the summer all together, you know, like that it's, there's a lot to navigate that way. Um, and we had ultimately decided we needed to uncouple because there were recurring issues between she and I that just, it seemed no amount of talking, no amount of trying to work through it anymore was going to work. And it was very obvious that she and I needed to do work separately on ourselves before we could try to make a relationship work. There was just no more road for the two of us to try to work on these things in tandem, it needed to be separate. And that has proved very healthy. It's been a very, very healthy thing. Um, she's been working on her shit. I've been working on my shit. Um, we are, we have worked out a schedule with our son um, where she's seeing him a minimum of once a week. And like, I am very open to that being more. She is just also on a path. Part of the work that she's needing to do on herself is actually putting herself first. She is, uh, it's been a very difficult thing for her to do that for her entire life. And so um, she's learning how to do that in a way for the first time. And so I'm trying to give her the space to do that. We are trying to, um, but it's tough because, there, because, I, you know, we're about to start therapy finally um, as a unit, mm -hmm. which is something that we should have done years ago. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend not doing what we did and um, actually just being in therapy from a much <laughs> earlier stage of the relationship. Because um, we were in therapy separately, but never together right. and it should have been together. Mm -hmm. So right. anyway, right. and by the time we had like, in that bullet it was too late you mm -hmm. know where you're just like no now now we actually need to cool off and then we can come back together and do therapy yeah. who knows where that will lead mm -hmm. um it's scary um but it, there's also a lot that i think we've had time now to process it's been many months you know mm -hmm. uh some of the resentments and the stuff that was really painful has cooled off um Neither of us are currently dating anybody else. Though I was for a time, which was very difficult. Mm. Um, so it's all, you know, if you hear me sort of talking in fits and starts here, it's because I feel a bit in no man's land about mm. all of this, mm. you know? Mm. Um, I'm... I'm sitting here going, oh God, like I know some things, some questions I want to have answered through therapy. I don't know what she's going to say when we're sitting there. I, it's, it's a lot. I, yeah. It's mm -hmm. a lot. We're very committed to trying to um, maintain the relationship between she and Leif, uh, my son, um, because she, she really has been there since birth and it's an important relationship for both of them. Um, and also like, it's hard for me to have her around and be like, you don't 
I, I'm not comfortable being your friend yet. So how do, <laughs> how do I yeah. how do yeah. navigate this? You know, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. Thank you yeah. for sort of taking us through that because it's a lot and a lot there's, you know, not having a script or sort of someone to look at to be like, oh, well, you know, many people have done this before, so I'm just going to pick up a book. Like, mm. you know, you never know someone listening to this might be in a similar situation. You, you don't know that. And like, so talking about that, I think is really valuable. So thank you for that. Yeah. I was going to say there, there is so much value to yeah. to share, like being so candid and people can, can you know, listen to... Because I mean, it's so easy, especially if you're in the in the pub. If you're public facing, then people yeah. can just like look from the outside in and just think, oh, they've got their shit together. And most of the time, it may seem that way, but but sometimes yeah. they're struggling ju- in just the same ways that anyone else does. Yeah, and yeah. so it's really valuable. And so yeah, once again, just to echo uh, Siobhan's thanks for for being so candid and open with us about it and with our listeners about it. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for asking. I mean, because the other thing, too, that's really that feels very pressurized. And I would say this, whether you are public facing or not, mm. I mean, even if you're just as public facing as I have an Instagram account <laughs> and yeah. my friends yeah. and family follow me, you know what I mean? Um, True. Yeah. Uh, like it, I think I'm sure you guys relate to this. The other part that is so tricky is that there is an added there is an added pressure in being a in being out publicly as poly and as a poly family to make it work yeah because yeah. you don't want the haters then to be like, see, I think polyamory doesn't work. Meanwhile, they're ignoring yeah. all of the monogamous relationships that break <laughs> up all the time. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. and just being like, no, no, it's just a, a relationship. Yeah. And not all relationships are lifelong relationships mm-hmm. and they evolve into different things. And that is true no matter the structure. But of course, we're going to ignore that and blame it on polyamory. Anyway, oh, so there's like, yeah. yeah, so they're like, there's that pressure as as well on it. And I mean... But it's hard. Yeah. Like I had somebody, ugh, ugh, this was rough on Thanksgiving morning. I like did a post a few weeks ago. I did a post that was like, you know, so thankful for the people that I, that I, that I, I, in my immediate space, I think I didn't even say family. I was like, it's like in, in my, that I get to like wake up to every day, Mm -hmm. I think is what I said. And I, posted a bunch of pictures of the pets and, and and my husband and my son and whatever. And it was not lost on me that I wasn't posting a picture of Mandala. But I'm also not, I don't even know if Mandala is, I think she's muted my stories and my, my posts because she doesn't comment on them or anything. Even, and although we communicate almost every day, I don't think she wants to see that on social media. And frankly, I don't look at her social media. It's yeah. just painful right now. Yeah. Um, sorry, that's my job. <laughs> that's fine Everything's and we're gonna join, um, be joined by some extra yes. guests this time um, <laughs> yeah Nicole's exactly dogs. oh yeah yeah i mean there are we're a true poly family we have two cats two dogs it's just yeah. so, so, yeah. so much love in this house um, yeah but yeah but basically like i so i posted this and 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 i did the little internal check that i that i've become so accustomed to 
doing, which is I don't want to make Mandela feel left out. I always want her to feel included in this and that. But I also was like, this is also a post for me and being grateful, like having gratitude Mm -hmm. for the relationships in my life that are that are stable and steady and that keep me going and that I'm not in turmoil over. Mm. Right. And I'm just currently in a lot of turmoil and it's the opposite of not loving her. It's because I love her so much and I feel so much about this situation that I couldn't bring myself to include her in that, that one little thing. Right. And, and someone I don't know, who's, oh, I, I honestly think maybe has never commented on my stuff, commented once maybe, I don't know. But someone who's just a follower who's followed our story or whatever was like, there's someone missing in these pictures. And I was like, oh and I don't know what came over me that I had like just clarity and poise in that moment. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I was like, I just wrote back and I was like, well, I was like, we, sadly, we live separately. So I don't actually get to wake up to her every day, Mm. but she is no less loved. And that sort of put it to bed. But then someone else commented under it. Like I was wondering the same thing, you know, like whatever. And you're like, (sighs) so it's a lot of pressure because then you're like, cool. So I look like the asshole, but what these people don't know is that we uncoupled in April and it's November and, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'm in like mental and emotional turmoil over this. (laughs) And you know, like there's, there's, it's a lot. It's just a lot. There is this pressure to, and I think like I'm really big on, and we kind of just like day to day, whenever we discuss news stories or whatever, Rich and I often come back to this idea of like, we got to let people grow. Like whether that's personally, like our friends have said something that we're like, Oh, that was kind of like a bit homophobic, but like Uh then you talk to them, they grow or you know, whatever. There's so many examples of this and it's like, and and equally you have to allow people to be in flux. You have to allow people to go through life stuff. So like, and that is applicable to, to, yeah, Yeah. that is applicable to literally anything. And I just think like, you're at a time in your life where you're in flux and you're learning and we're also learning like every day with like new partners that we meet or new circumstances that come up that we have to discuss that we haven't had to navigate before. Like that's literally life for some reason. Like, you know, if you have a kid or you get married or a family member dies and it's like, Oh, that's fine. They're going to, they're going to a period of transition. There's space for that. But like these new periods of transition that like, some of us, the poly community, the queer community have always been at the forefront of there isn't space for that. And it's like, well, how is that any different if you apply that same grace that you give to people? Like we should be doing the same, regardless of whether you've got an Instagram account or not or people follow your account or not. Like I just think we need to apply that grace and that space for people to be human, to be in flux, to be in transition. Yeah. Like yes. to grow. You can't you can't always cancel everybody for the smallest things. <laughs> well you have to Oh my god, that's a whole other podcast right there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, join us Agreed. next time with Nicole to do, talk about cancel culture. <laughs> oh, have we gone oh. too far with it? <laughs> well, the answer is yes. <laughs> There's nothing yeah, we, yeah, yes, we have. Much. The answer is yes. Like at first at first the like 
uh, yeah, we won't go into it. You know what? We'll just yeah. we'll we'll, we'll but, do that another time. <laughs> but I, but but like I and I think to I completely agree with everything that you're saying. And and I would even just add that like and we need to give people the grace for transition. And we also need to when we have a knee jerk reaction to something or someone or something somebody did or something that we're perceiving from the other, especially from the other side of a screen. It can be in the same room too, but often it is on the other side of the screen, right? <laughs> like, like, we need to step back and go, what am I, what, what assumptions am I making here? <laughs> because yeah. I'm, because that person made an assumption that I either am callous enough to just completely have excluded one of my two partners or from the from our from a post like that after years of me not doing that so again like that doesn't make a lot of sense and or two that I just simply forgot that like I'm not <laughs> constantly doing the checking of is everyone okay? Does everybody feel included? Does, which is, by the way, like the like part of the shit that I have needed to work on in like with my codependency and stuff, and making sure that like like oh, is everybody okay? And right. and co constantly doing that, and so like the number of assumptions that that person had to make before they said that is just mm. like. Come on. It is actually mind-boggling, isn't it? It's yeah. mind-boggling. Yeah. The number of things that were assumed in yeah. that. It's before it's, like publicly accusing me basically of just being a mean. Like I forgot. Like I see oh, I just can't. I can't even. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so out of line with everything else that they've seen of me too that you're like or, or also even, anyway. or also even maybe there is a reason for that, and maybe and unlikely that reason isn't going to be something that that is going to be talked about in a comment section of a post. That I don't want to. That I yeah, that I wouldn't want to talk about exactly. Where I'm like, yeah. I would. I can't imagine the audacity yeah. of saying something like that. Well, on there's almost else's like thing. an entitlement anyway, to know about like this self entitlement to know about your life. Yeah. And it's like, well, you can you you choose what to share with with your followers and you and and people. I don't mean just you. I mean you colloquially it, speaking. General. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of um, and and that's that. You know, the, you don't need to share any more than what what you are actively sharing. You know, you Absolutely. would. I, I, that's not even the kind of thing I would ask someone very close to me. That's what I mean. Immediately, let alone what? a complete stranger. Oh my god. A classic. But again, yeah, it is one of those <laughs> things where you're like, it is really a blurring of the lines between like real life and uh, and essentially like entertainment, like yeah, like a, yeah. a reality show kind of situation where you you see people really like people get so invested in certain actors or certain storylines or certain relationships and they feel some sort of ownership over it and they feel entitled to explanations about stuff. Like I saw like, like there was a, there's a Peloton instructor that I follow. Um, and, uh, she and her wife, uh, had a baby. They have two babies now, but she, she carried the first baby 
And, you know, several people in comments were like, who's the, who, how'd you get the sperm? Who's the, who's the dad? Who's the blah, 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 blah. And she like finally did a video that was pretty funny, actually. She, she was pretty good about it, but she was like, it's none of anybody's business. And then people are arguing in the comment section. Oh, well, if you're going to put your journey out there, then like, don't be mad when people ask. And you're like, or maybe just accept that she's putting out what she wants to share. Mm -hmm. And if she's not putting it out there, then she probably doesn't want to share and you don't have the right to that information just because she's a public figure. Like, yeah. what <laughs> is, I can't, anyway, anyway, sorry. Not, not this only is a that, whole other thing. Not but. only that though, but like, there's only probably like three different ways in which one goes about doing that. So it's one of those three. Done. It's one. Of, it's one of those three, and you don't need to know. And you don't. Yeah. And you don't need. Like to know, you just yeah. don't need to know. Yeah. It's yeah. It, if if they. It's the wanting to know and the kind of like, yeah. It's it's that kind of nosiness that is actually what's exciting them. The actual actually knowing would be so much that it would be so less interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just yes, all it about like... feeling entitled to know about a person's life. Absolutely. It's gross curiosity, right? Yeah. Like that's exactly. what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Yes. I would love to just ask a little bit more about um, this sort of topic before we move on to yeah. the next millions of things we want to ask you about. <laughs> yeah, sure. What, the sperm doning? The sperm doning? No, that's what <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. We've, we've veered wildly off. Yeah, wildly off about, But yeah. it's all related. It's, it's all, all connected. It's all connected. Isn't it just, yeah. you know? Um, so you mentioned sort of like how you've got your partner was a third parent and a, a yes. part-time co-parent. And yes. I mean, I just, I was, I'm just interested a little bit about like, uh, we're also parents. I mean, as our listeners will know, we've got our step, my stepson, Rich's son, and something that we've sort of actually talked about recently in our own relationship is like, how do we meet other kids, other parents, uh, like partners who have other kids? Like, are we meeting them? Are we not like, how are we navigating that? And I'm just really oh interested to like, hear about how this decision-making or how this like process of keeping a third parent in your child's life has been going when there's other issues between the parents. And I mean, so often in like a, the, the divorce, a monogamous world, it's like the dad moves out, the kids sleep, stay with mom and like you kind of go between houses. But yeah. when there's more than two parents, it may not necessarily be as simple as that, or it might look different. So I'm just like interested how that, that's been going. Yeah. And it's, and it's also, it's like, it's when there's more than two parents, it's, you know, uh, and this is true of monogamous couples too, you know, like what are the economic circumstances? How much does, uh, you know, one of the parents work? And then therefore like, like what is the actual availability? How far do you live away from each other? Like there are so many things that come into play with this, it, regardless of the structure, but certainly it is even more complicated mm -hmm. when there are three parents instead of two. So, yeah. I mean- it, yeah. And like I said, like, I, you know, for us, what works, what works for us right now um, and what works for Mandala is having is seeing him at least once a week, having the day with him, like the, the night with him, putting him to bed, doing the, the giving him bath, doing the bedtime stories, all of that. Um, playing with him at least once a week. And then as her schedule permits more of the time. Right. And um, and then, of course, holidays and special occasions and, you know, his, his concerts at school and those things like that, you know. Um, so that's like that's what works for us now. It is going to be increasingly complicated, of course, 
if and when there is any other partner that's added into the mix on either side, right? So like, that's not something that we've had to deal with in a, um, in like a long-term or really committed way to this point, you know? Um, And so that's a really difficult question. And one that I'm like, I guess we're going to cross that bridge when we come to it. Cause like, Mm-hmm. There is, I have a lot of fear about like introducing a kid to a partner, not only because then like, you know, I, I don't really have fear about explaining that we're poly because there's no, he, he, yes, he understands. And it's amazing how, how, how young kids are when they are fed mommy, daddy. You know, mommy, daddy, mommy, daddy, mommy, daddy, mommy, daddy, mommy, daddy. Like he was doing it. He was doing it from such a young age where he was pointing out like families of animals and things. Mommy, that's the mommy. That's the daddy. That's the, Mm -hmm. and you're like, Mm -hmm. holy shit. And we're in like a queer poly family. Yeah. You know, I mean, in Los Angeles, like we're like, what? And I was like, we're not feeding you mommy, daddy all the time. You yeah. know, you have a mommy, you have a daddy and you have a dollar and you know this. And still it's mommy, daddy, mommy, daddy, because, because it's what, it's what, yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So other than t- trying to break that whole thing, it's not, there's nothing inherently weird to him about us potentially dating people or having, you know, kissing somebody else or cuddling with somebody else. It's all just love and affection. And he is very accustomed to love and affection. And so like that part of it is not, I'm not too concerned about. It's more about, (sighs) now dating as opposed to before, (laughs) before I had him, it's having a relationship with somebody is not just them having a relationship with me. It's them having a relationship with him and him having a relationship with them. And a breakup potentially (laughs) is a breakup for him too. And so that he's already dealing with that. (laughs) You know, like I, uh, it's hard. That's really hard. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I don't know. And I don't know. This is these are big I don't knows. And also things that I'm sure are going to be um, you know, things we talk about in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I think also so. there's a lot of for me anyway, like when we actually Rich and I went on uh the coming out pod with your former co host Lauren. Yes. Yes um, recently. And Lauren asked us a bit about like because I don't necessarily identify with polyamorous and orientation yeah she's like she was like so you know what do you think like would you would you stay poly if you and rich broke up whatever and i was like i don't know and for me there's a lot of power and like strength in just being like i don't know yeah and it's so okay not you know. being like i don't know it's mm. like brill i mean <laughs> it's real. If, if, i love it i just yeah. i think there's yeah. i think there's such a strength and vulnerability in being like don't know that i just love and i mean if anyone was listening to this that maybe is in a similar situation to you or learning about like how to introduce partners or kids to each other like 
from your personal experience, like what would you say to them? Like mm. what's something that like they should, something you wish you'd consider or something that like going through this process now of uncoupling that like, I don't know. Is you there know, you... I guess, and I, here's, here's what I'm going to say is also kids are wildly different in terms of, well, just from kid to kid, obviously, but like, but also ages, children's age, like your son is, older than my son. Mm -hmm. And so like your son and the way, what he's going to pick up on and how he's going to interpret something and how he might emotionally attach or whatever is going to be different than my son. Who's, you know, three years old, almost three years old. Right. right. My son is a freaking sponge at this point. He's picking up on everything. He's repeating everything. He understands way more than I, than I, than he did even weeks ago. Like it's wild, you know? So it's hard for me to give any sort of advice outside, you know, from age, you know, three and a half on, I don't know at this point, <laughs> right. but like, I, I, can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you, I wish I could, but I, I'm not gonna pretend to have that expertise. I, I will say that I can only use the example so far of, you know, the the woman that I was seeing for a time, she she's great with him and she's so fun. And I don't know if she saw if he saw her as someone romantic to to me or or just as a good friend. I don't, I don't honestly know what I, what I know is that I tried to just, I tried to center him when she was around. right? Right. Like, and she was great with him. And continues to be because she's still in my life um, and fantastic, you know, and and like he he knows her, he likes her. And I think that ultimately the only advice that I can give at this point is like if you are going to introduce someone to your kid, make sure that that person wants to center your kid too. That, that is to me a non-negotiable. That is the way in which I, I think you go about this in a healthy way where it becomes, you know what, what we're teaching is that it is kindness and love and fun, you know, playing, things like that. That's, that's the stage that we're at. And anyone in his life who comes in this door, I I want to be enthusiastic about him, right? right? And that, and from there, I think that no matter what, he's going to be okay. I think it would, I can't imagine trying to bring somebody in who wasn't super comfortable with a kid, you know? Right. Um, or who was trying, I think, to be overly 
kissy touchy with me right away. That would be also really weird because I think he wouldn't know what to do with that. Increasingly as he gets older, would not know what to right. do with that. You know? Totally. This is gradual, right? Like anything else. Uh-huh. That's that's all I would say in my limited experience, everybody, please. Yeah. No, <laughs> no I love that. Just, you know, it's really interesting to hear. Yeah. Um, well, do you know how, what I, how I would describe uh, Nicole's openness so far okay i would describe it as radically honest ah, um, great <laughs> segue um love a podcast segue this what? is something that you have spoken to us a little bit about um yeah what does it mean to you oh god oh god <laughs> well it, this is a very all, english sort of oh god i'm english in my heart so there we are um I, <laughs> it's so true the number of I'm, times that i've been like i was born in the wrong country <laughs> i i was and i know it anyway whatever i'm fine. english another, in every way except in my heart so there's a <laughs> <laughs> But isn't that always the way, right? Yeah, For yeah. wherever you're from. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm actually probably a little more Scottish in my heart. That's neither here yes. nor there. So that. That's way cool. That's I way do that. Better. Yeah, right. Yeah, there, there it is. Exactly. Shout out um, to our Scottish but, listeners. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, first of all, I will say that radical honesty, and this relates to something we were talking about, right? Like, um, there was, there's been... So many years where I felt pressure to know, right? Is like once I declared that I was bisexual, and then once I declared that I was polyamorous, it was like, oh, people are looking to me for the how to do this or the what is this like, or so I gotta know. I just gotta know. I gotta be on top of it. Yeah. And now also I have partners who have never done this before. By the way, I've never done this before, but I just identify this way. And so like, I gotta know. And I gotta like, and mm-hmm. I'm at this point, I'm like, oh, fuck that shit. I just like put down the weight of knowing yeah. um, and being perfect at all of this and accepted that there's so much that I don't know and that I'm constantly learning and it's constantly in an evolution. So in terms of radical honesty, I would put that in the same category. It is a value of mine. It is something that I think is, essential to healthy relationships monogamous or polyamorous it doesn't matter yeah um and it is something that i am constantly working on because like so many other terms and and concepts that we've spoken about here it is not something that we are uh taught to do in fact we are often taught to avoid radical honesty and when i say radical honesty i mean being honest about shit that is really hard to say that is really hard to own that is really hard to ask for that we where we are we are afraid that our that bearing our own souls is going to hurt somebody else um is going to cause us to lose somebody else <sighs> When you, when you are terrified to say a thing that you know is true, I would posit that saying it equates to radical honesty, mm-hmm. right? And let me be very clear that radical honesty isn't just fucking shooting your mouth off about anything that comes to your goddamn head. You know, like let's, yeah. let's, we're not, we're not on, you know, Elon Musk's Twitter here. Like this is not, 
I'm not, this is not what I mean. I don't mean I have an opinion and therefore it's my God given right to say it to your face. Like that's not, that's not where we're at. That's not where we're at. I, it is, what I mean is in the context of healthy, healthy, respectful communication, right? Considerate communication right? Within the bounds of that, saying truths, difficult truths. Um, And this is something that we are not in practice uh, in. We are, yeah, with whatever. Uh, Largely because we have been taught through media via our many of our boomer parents, bless them, bless them, um, Mm -hmm. (sighs) that there are certain things you don't say to your partner. There are certain things you don't admit to your partner. Um, First and foremost, that you have attractions to anybody else. Obviously, that is something that we are physical or certainly emotional. God, I mean, no, bury that shit deep down. So like, that's a, that's a, we're, we're starting at that. Right. But it's, it's also things that even if we're looking in the monogamous realm or in the poly realm, but you're just dealing with your one partner and your issues with each other, right? Like, you know, we're taught never to admit when like the sex isn't great anymore, you know, or when there's something else that you might need in bed or when, and this is just an example because this is like, you know, there are many ways in which attractions ebb and flow, right? And like these things, these are very sensitive things where you're like, oh God, yeah, me saying this could A, really hurt somebody that I love and B, result in me maybe losing the person that I love. Mm. But the opposite might be, if it's gotten to this point, that you, that by not saying something that is true, you are actually creating a wall between you and your partner. You Mm. are distancing yourself from them and them from you. You are also taking away their ability to have a say in any of how you're feeling (laughs) and respond. You know, like I have found over and over and over again that if when I come back to radical honesty, that my partners surprise me that even if they are hurt, even if they maybe aren't willing to give me everything that I want in one moment, that they meet me much more halfway than I would have assumed, Mm -hmm. that they're not running out the door, that they're not threatening to leave, that they're willing to hear and work on it together much more often than not that has been the case. And I just, and I still have the times where I default to trying to deal with something that I'm feeling inside myself and make it go away because we all do that. 
But then finally, at some point, I usually realize, oh God, that's, I'm doing that. Oh God. And now I feel the sin. And now I have, we have to have this conversation, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I am just so grateful for the concept of radical honesty and the practice of radical honesty for holding me to account to be my most, um, to have the most integrity that I can have. Mm-hmm. And it's a challenge all the time. And I fail. I fail and then I have to get back on the horse. Right. Mm -hmm. But it is also just such a gift in terms of the intimacy that it engenders in my relationships. I am so grateful for that intimacy and for being reminded that through radical honesty, I also am less lonely. Mm -hmm. It sounds to me like, both of you had a moment of radical honesty when you came to myself that for me or Gustav potentially <laughs> um, and said, I'm Polly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, cause yeah. all of the things that you listed about potentially hurting someone or losing someone and but yeah. having, but not wanting to create a wall and, and sharing your part of yourself and mm. the connection that arose from that. I mean, it takes all the boxes that you just mentioned and in a way it's like, the pinnacle of radical honesty is like, you know, sort of. Yeah, coming. yeah certainly, definitely up there. I it's think, up, is there. One of them, it's yeah. up there. <laughs> I mean, you know, like it's a make or break. It's a make or break yeah. statement. <laughs> you know, when you're saying that, that like yeah. you are putting the yeah. entire relationship on the line, yeah. you know, it takes an enormous amount to say that. And then there are steps along the way that take an enormous amount, like the, you know, I want to hook up with this person. That's a terrifying conversation. That's still a scary scary conversation for me, you know, like still bringing that up being like, Hey, so, you know, like I'm better at it, but I'm still, I still hold my breath every time that comes up. I'm still like, are you okay with this? Are you still okay with this? Is it okay? You know, like that's very me actually. I'm very like, so just doing my quarterly check-in that we're all good with, uh, with this situation. Rich is like, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd let you know if there was a problem. And I'm like, okay, but uh, I've spent three months and my anxiety's peaking, so I've got to come and get that reassurance. Okay, all right, yeah. off I go now. <laughs> Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And for me, that it, there, the, there are multiple, multiple ways in which that comes up. But, like, um, I will say, uh, you know, for those who maybe can relate to this, uh, who are also bisexual or pan or whatever, queer identifying in that sort of way, um, yeah, it, the one of the ways in which I like really uh, come up against this like feeling go, in going to talk to partners is if I am talking to them about attraction to someone of their same gender. That is a that is a, that is a thing. It is for for me. It has been um, much smoother navigating having attractions to opposite gendered people you know my husband is like yeah knock socks off hook up with a girl i don't give a shit you know like like not not and and not in a oh because it's not threatening just in a way where i think he just has a mental emotional separation he can separate himself and i think he he sees that it's different and he can accept that you know Mm. but with a man it is um there's something that feels personal about that you know, and I, and I relate to that. I get it. Like, yeah. I get it. I, you know, the idea of, 
I wish my husband was bi. I've said it 400 times, but he's not. I, he's straight and I accept him. Anyway, so I... <laughs> but sure he, face for him, though. Yeah, Are you sure he's not just experimenting oh. and he's actually bi? Are you sure it's not a face? How did he know he was straight? It's been a goddamn <laughs> long phase, you know? It's been a long phase at this point. No, unless it's for Antony on uh, Queer Eye. That's that. Then I think that's... <laughs> I love that. But, um, so should that, should that come up at some point? Um, but, but, like, you know... I, I, the idea of him being with another man is like, ooh, that's maybe a little jealousy, you know, there would be a little jealousy, but it would also be like, ooh, that's, that's hot. And like, also, and I'm also intrigued and also what, you know, like there's like so yeah, many, like, whoa, me. there's a lot of feelings, right? Yeah. Um, most of them are positive, right? And yeah. then when I think about him being with a woman, that that's less fun. <laughs> for me I get less fun feelings you know like and then I have to work through that right, right like right, then right. that's my work that's not yeah. his, his job yeah. that's my work to do yeah you know yeah. It's, it's similarly with with Mandala you know like mm-hmm. it, but she's gay so there's only the one choice which is another woman so it's all very threatening and things I have to work through you know yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. so I get yeah. it I get it these it's it that those dynamics also like really play into that so I find you know, I found that like a lot of the tough conversations that I had to have around radical honesty had to do with same gendered attractions as partners. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. relatable, you know, I think we're kind of all taught that like, because we live in a sort of heteronormative world that you're supposed mm-hmm. to, you're competing against other women or other yes! men. So I yes! think that's probably where it comes from. Yeah. To, a, to a degree, you know. Yes, um, yes, I think yes. There's, a, there's a really small sliver of as well. If if you, I, mean, I know this is something that I think about, and kind of something we're navigating at the moment as well. Mm. I think it's fair to say. Um, this conversation is very relevant to our lives at the moment. Nah! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I was trying to downplay it, but yeah, it's true. Um, like for me, the, there is like that element of like safety i feel that it there is obviously a very maybe it's primal maybe it's taught it's probably a bit of both to probably be both it's probably a bit of both is it primal where, is it possessive we don't know yeah where it's like there's a pro- <laughs> yeah there's like a protectiveness where i'm like when you combine that with the with the statistics of like i mean men are infinitely not infinitely but statistically much more likely to hurt you um (laughs) Um, so i'm like and that's true of like any like even even uh same-sex male you know male Mm -hmm. and male that that is very much a big problem there too like men are just for some reason more likely to be assholes um (laughs) so you know it i that that is always something that's on my mind um and and much much less so when it comes to women Women. Women. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense too. Mm. Yeah, mm. absolutely. That like that natural protective mm. thing. And I think like similarly It's kind of annoying to be honest. <laughs> no, it is annoying, right? It is annoying. Yeah, and it's like yeah. I would say similarly if if men deal in physical warfare, women deal in psychological. And um that is a gross generalization, everybody. <laughs> in case in case you weren't in case, in case you are wondering, though, the gross generalization. But we're going to go with it. We're going to go with it, right? So, like, uh, given that, there, part of the fear or the protectiveness that comes when I think of 
my partners with other women mm. is are they manipulating you are they are how are it is the what is the end goal of this relationship for them what is the end goal of this relationship for them because the other thing is to no fault of women's owns no fault the they have been taught that their like greatest calling in life is to like bag someone and get married that like love the the romantic relationship the monogamous married even heteronormative but you can apply it to to gay relationships as well right mm -hmm. but like for women is that is the that is the ultimate right is the fucking pinterest wedding right so <laughs> i so be, knowing that as a woman i have fears suspicions about what other women's intentions are when it comes to being with my partners you know yeah. and i don't think that that's unfair i do think that i have to recognize those are maybe my biases those are that also is coming from a place of fear right and mm -hmm. in me and that is by far not all women and that comes with just getting to know somebody and truly on a gut level deciding whether you trust them or not right like all, yeah. all of those things right yeah. so but like i get it on like a you know ooh, it's, so, that. it's so meta though when you think about it because yeah. it's like w once you become aware of your own conditioning and the conditioning that we are all subject to you start to question whether that whether someone's a way of acting or someone's reactions are part of their own conditioning and whether or not this person is aware of it. And yes. a lot of the time they're not, yeah. right? That's a lot of what, the time they're not yeah. because they're not forced to be. That's, yeah. that's what so much of this comes down to, right? Like we are given a default uh, life timeline, right? Like we are given the default life timeline, the default relationship escalator, right? Like, mm -hmm. and it, it, that is, that is the, like, what we are expected to do and what we expect ourselves to be on. Um, and then if you deviate, it's a whole fucking process versus being like, there are multiple escalators. Some of them aren't even escalators. Yes. You know, like some of them are like, we've got lots some of them. Some of them are travelators. So yes, some of them are exactly. elevators. Some of them are elevators. Some of them go up. Some of them go down. Some of them go sideways. Some of them like where are we, you know, like they're some all of them are like the Willy Wonka lift. Yes, elevator. Oh, right up into this. It. What? Do you, where even does that go? Wherever you know, the like we fuck don't know. You go. Where the fuck you want to go? And yeah. you know, but we are not taught that. Yeah. And so, so you know, you we have the benefit, I think, as 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 poly people, we have the benefit of being in a process of actively unlearning, of being forced to unlearn mm -hmm. and therefore realize how much programming there was. And so in a way you can't even blame people for not recognizing it because they've never had to come up against it. Yeah. You know, they just yeah. never have. So, so how would they know if they're conditioned or not? You know, I mean, Anyway, and we are going to leave our listeners 
with that thought of how do they even know they're conditioned? <laughs> oh god, are I sound you like con- such a fucking Are you still ass- conditioned? <laughs> I, I sound think like we all such are. such an asshole. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not like, oh, I'm not walking around being like, oh, that person's conditioned, and I'm so like, I'm, I'm so like enlightened and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, I'm saying we're all oh. fumbling around with no idea of what we're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. If, just if, people if, think that they know and they don't know. That's really all that that is. None of us know. Anyway. Yeah, I was gonna oh, say yeah. like, if, if, if you're if if you are one of those people that's out there walking around going, oh, everyone else is conditioned, I'm not. It's like, well, actually, you are if you think that because yes! the first step Many is layers. acknowledging that you will always be subject to this conditioning. You will always be unlearning it because it is that fucking powerful and Many happens layers. all when you're a kid and you're a sponge. So the, the damage is done by then. Done. Okay, Nicole, we're going to play PolyQuest with you now. My intro was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which listeners we did actually just spring on Nicole about thirty seconds ago, so we'll see how we go. That's great. I love it. I love um, it. All right, it's just do, four. Do, do, it's do, four do. slow to medium fire questions. Richard, you want to start? Oh, okay, sure. What's your favorite thing about being non monog? My favorite thing about being non monog uh, that I get to uh, act on the connections the like instinctual magical universe sort of connections with others that i find out in the world that i don't have to feel guilty about that i think connecting with another human being in that really gut way whatever that ends up looking like is like one of life's absolute most magical greatest gifts makes you feel so freaking alive and i'm so grateful that i get to spend my life just taking those and running with them even if it's for the few hours that i'm in that person's presence and not feeling like i'm breaking the goddamn law by doing so (laughs) nice 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 Okay, the next one. One piece of advice for non-monogamous folk. It's got it's got to go back to to read 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 books, uh, follow really great poly accounts, listen to poly podcasts like this. Like really, they already are if they're hearing this. Exactly, <laughs> it's too late keep for that consuming. advice. <laughs> but like keep keep consuming. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. that's so much of it because you're going to not only are you going to learn vocabulary, you're going to find community. You're going to see you're not the only one. You're also going to be introduced to a lot of different ways in which poly um, is practiced because there's not one model. There are so many and I, it is incredibly eye opening and heart opening and all of that to, to, to do, to do that. So that, that's my main piece of advice. Yeah. Love that. Noise. Any advice that leads to us getting more listeners is yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Didn't even tell you to podcast. say that, did we? <laughs> yeah. No, no. Uh, we'll share you'll, this you'll, podcast. You'll you'll get your check uh, next week because um, we still write checks. One myth about non-monogamy that you would like to debunk. Oh God! <laughs> so um, many to choose. <laughs> Or just that, I, I guess mean, something like that you are passionate I, about. Yes, again. yeah. There are so many, and I think you know we said the jealousy thing. We had a whole conversation about that in the beginning, right? And how obviously non-monogamous people aren't exempt from jealousy. We still have to work on it. So there's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the the 
I think I'll just say this, this is in and around my least favorite phrase in, in the history of um, modern civilization, which is um, <laughs> have your cake and eat it too, right? Oh, so yeah. I hate that. It's also like nonsensical. My friend and I broke it down the other day. It only makes sense for bakers. Anyway, there's that. <laughs> but but <laughs> so we were like, really? What does it? Yeah, anyway. Did we but, just get um, a sign, but... sound bite for this episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it only makes sense for bakers. But like, so in that in that vein, though, that um, when people are like poly people or like non-monogamous people or whatever, like like they just there. It's just like it's it's just like an excuse to to like cheat and have it be okay. Like they can't commit, right? It's like they can't commit. Mm polyamory if practiced correctly is the commitment olympics like you better be olympic style level trained at commitment to be able to practice non-monogamy ethically it is fucking exhausting how much commitment it requires okay Even when it's something that is natural for you. <laughs> like Exactly. Yeah. You're like, it's one thing to be like, I know I'm poly. It's another thing to be like, and now I'm going to practice it in my life. Like yeah. it is it's it a- is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the non-committal. It is it uh, oh my god. It is so the opposite. It's like saying I'm gonna run a marathon and then and then you're like, Oh, now I'm doing it. Uh do I yeah, really want to do this? <laughs> I'm going to run a marathon tomorrow. Like, how hard that can that be? I'll just get some sneakers, whatever. You know, like, <laughs> like, oh, my God. It is, it is, so, as as my dear former co-host on Coming Up Pod, Lauren, said, um, uh, <laughs> it's, sure, it's having your cake and eating it, too, if, like, you made the cake from scratch where you went out into the field and you like milled the wheat and you, you know, like you ground it yourself and you did like, we're, we're like the, you get to, you do the whole fucking thing. She's like, yeah, then you can eat the cake. (laughs) But but then you have to eat all of the cake. After a couple of slices, it's not so. (laughs) No. And you better have room to eat all that cake because that cake expects to be eaten. Yeah, like like Bruce and Matilda. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like Bruce and Matilda. But, but like, yeah, but that's, that's, so that's my main thing is, like, what, uh, people who think that about polyamory could not be more wrong. They could not, it's the exact. You could not be more wrong. Could not be more wrong. <laughs> so anyway, that's my yeah, that's my big. Um, I just wish okay. that every like all the listeners could have seen your some of your facial expressions and. <laughs> I got very fantastic. animated. So good. Honestly, fantastic. You can tell yeah. you're an actress. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know you can tell I use my face for a living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and final one: describe your non-monogamous experience in three words. Um. Uh. Let's see. And of course, they, they these can be words that you're flexible about like you know yeah. my favorite song isn't the same favorite song every day it changes because depending on my mood and whatever yeah. what is it what is it what are the three words for you where you are now you know right now yeah. oh okay all I right think that makes things a little bit easier it does communication 
commitment, love. Makes sense. I love that. You know, and it's yeah. amazing yeah. how you could you could just apply that to a monogamous relationship. Yeah. It's amazing how many of these concepts <laughs> apply. Literally. It's also amazing anyway. how every time we do this, um, the the guests will start with two words that start with the same letter and then just yeah. to piss me off they have yeah. to change the last letter yeah, it you don't get that alliteration oh i would have said i did almost say this instead of love so it was almost going to be oh, yeah. communication commitment connection whoa look out nicole patience polyamory program <laughs> <laughs> Based on the three principles of communication. These three principles. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Not in that order. But yeah. Yeah. Nicole, would you like to tell our listeners where they can find you on social media or website or your TV shows or whatever, wherever you are? Uh, let's see. Um, I am at Nicole Payson, uh, really exclusively on Instagram at this point. Um, I don't fuck with X, uh, and, um, <laughs> and nor TikTok to cause I'm too old. Um, uh, and let's see in terms of upcoming TV, I can't talk about it yet. Mm. Yay. But I have, I have two projects, um, that, hopefully that sometime this year I'll be able to talk about just not yet. So, yay. Um, so keep, follow me on at Nicole Payson, uh, or yeah, at Nicole Payson on Instagram. Um, you can obviously check out any of my backlogged 269 episodes of coming out pod. Um, cause I was the co-host for five years and 269 episodes. So, um, you could check those out. Um, and, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think where else you can find. Oh, I uh, this year as well should be February. Um, I co-wrote a show, an LGBTQ show, um, bilingual, multi-generational LGBTQ show uh, that will be coming out called As Love Goes. Uh, I'm very excited about that. So I wrote five out of the ten episodes. Um, nice. And. Uh, <clears throat> be looking out for that and do you know, do you know where know. that will be showing that uh i likely it's likely going to be paid subscription via vimeo mm-hmm. um but i'm not sure yet because that's the production company's arena cool. and so before i announce that i will be announcing that is all i have to say yeah, just follow that. at nicole pace and just follow, <laughs> okay. just follow me okay. uh, I'll, I'll make all these <laughs> Um, thank you so much, Nicole, for joining us on the show. Nicole, it has what been a real. Dream. I think I can speak for both of us when I say I love you. <laughs> I love you. I love you yeah. both. This has been such a freaking joy. Thank you so much for it having really me. Has. I really appreciate it. Really it. All right, guys. Been... We'll see you next time. Great. See All you. Right. See you. Bye. Bye. Bye.